0: to the jeffrey podcast my name is gordon and this is a podcast about music where i and my big brother john hello talk through the careers and albums of our featured artist we create a playlist ranking the albums and picking our favorite tracks as we go the playlist can be found on spotify and are called the jeffrey list you can also find us on facebook and twitter as at jeffrey podcast So, before we start, there is a word of warning. When we recorded the original podcast, we had some technology issues, so that the quality of my vocal track is quite poor in places. We have listened all the way through, and it is perfectly listenable, so please persist as the quality does get better. This podcast features Deus, so I started asking John how he first encountered them.
1: Well... I was with you, actually. (laughs) Do you remember? We were on holiday in France and um, they came on the TV. We'd never heard of them, of course, because they were Belgian. And in this is like the early nineties. And the idea of listening to a band from Belgium in the UK was really unusual. And we were on holiday in France, staying in the Gite. And uh, they came on the TV and did Suds and Soda. And we were both kind of thinking, wow, this is this is brilliant. We hadn't really heard music quite like that before. I thought and they were really stylish as well. They were kind of there was just something about them that was different. And I think we both kind of like were kind of captivated by them and never really forgot. And sort of, as soon as we got back to the UK, we were scaring around the record shops trying to find their stuff. And it all started from that really. Is that how you remember it? Or do you remember this completely differently? Have I invented this memory?
0: No, it, it, it is about the same. Yeah. I remember going back to a record shop and I couldn't even pronounce the name and trying to find Salt and Soda. Cause it, it was when that single had just come out, which there's, think it's their second single anyway so there wasn't anything that was actually available except for Southern Soda I do remember buying that um, but yes pretty much it was seeing seeing the video to Sutton Soda on MTV a lot when we were on this holiday in France
1: well it was a- after that when we came back to the UK we used to watch Alternative Nation on MTV well, in fact, we didn't. We we've, it was on too late for us. It was way past our bedtime. We used to video it, and then we'd watch it the next day, and we'd scour through it to try and find any kind of alternative, interesting music to listen to. And I think they came up on there as well, which is where we discovered uh, bands like Kameda and, and other things like that, which hopefully we'll talk about on this podcast at some point. But I think they came up on there as well. So they started kind of getting a little bit more. Yeah. A play across the radios and stuff, but not that much. They were still quite hard to find in a record shop. I think the first album I bought was actually their second album, and then I went back to buy Worst Case Scenario and just absolutely loved it. Just played them all the time, thought they were brilliant, thought I'd never heard anything like it. I, I just loved the sound of them, I loved the way they looked. I just thought they were amazing.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't think I listened to Worst Case Scenario as much at the beginning, definitely the second album, and then onto the third album. Listened to those a lot. Shall we start then? Go into worst case scenario, which is their debut album.
1: Yeah, well, we should say who the lineup is, I guess, because um, it didn't last particularly long, unfortunately. But it, I think, I think they had a few lineups before this, which were, you know, just playing cover songs and then original, and then fairly quickly their own material. Still around Tom Barman, who is the main guitarist, vocalist, uh, lyricist, and uh, one of the key songwriters, Tom Barman, and. That band got together with Steph Camel Carlen on bass, with Klaas Janzoon's on violin and vocals, and, uh, and then later a, a guitarist called Rudy Treve, who was quite well known, I think, in the sort of Antwerp, that you know Flanders side of Belgium at the time. And then eventually the drummer, who was the last to join, I think, Jules De Bourguer, who was their driver initially, but then he eventually joined them on drums. So that was that kind of initial five that came together to make West, Worst Case Scenario.
0: Yeah, I think they also had a guitarist called Mark Mayers, I think, but he left before Worst Case Scenario.
1: So they made Worst Case Scenario, and I thought this was just amazing. I just thought it was such a good album. It's kind of really that kind of crash-bang indie rock, sort of a quite anarchic sounding. And people have compared it to people like Captain Beefheart and Frank Zappa, who I didn't really know that well. At the time, I'd certainly never really heard those bands at all. So this to me was a really new sound, but it sounded so fresh and it still sounds pretty fresh, I think. It doesn't sound dated at all.
0: I think it's, it's a very original album and it, it is jumping from quite sort of mad music to grunge and there are melodic bits and everything and it is jumping around and I think that's why people do have some trouble with it, which is understandable. Oh, I, I do, do, do people have trouble with it? A little bit of trouble with some of do it. Do
1: I didn't know this. Yeah. this, is, this is, I'm learning things about you here. I didn't think I had trouble. I thought, why do you have trouble with it?
0: Well, I think just some of it is just a bit too out there for me. And I think that's why they, you know, they got labelled this art rock. And some of it is quite bonkers in places. Yeah, I guess so. Have you heard the My Sister Is My Clock, which is like the single EP they did after this, which is like a sort of companion piece?
1: I've heard bits of it on the because there was the sort of deluxe edition of Worst Case Scenario released much more recently, and it's on the second disc of that. So I've heard bits of it, but I haven't yeah. really
0: paid it much heed. You see, because that is sort of a similar kind of thing, and although probably even less accessible—in fact, less accessible—I think because I wouldn't say Worst Case Scenario is not accessible. But I just think there are some sort of bonkers moments on it that might put some people off.
1: I, I guess. I mean, I think it's. I mean, it's very difficult to categorise it because it's it's part of the time it's it's kind of jazz, part of the time it's grunge, as you say, part of the time it's kind of quite melodic and they're singing ballads almost. But it still all sounds coherent. It all sounds like, like deus. It sounds like a single band. And I think that's one of the incredible things about it is because it is so all over the place and doing lots of different types of music, but it sounds all exactly the same and it hangs together. That's what I think is one of the kind of the genius sides of it. And I think it's incredibly coherent. For something that is so out there and all over the place,
0: I think as an album, it really, really works. And yes, there are some tracks there that I wouldn't listen to on their own. But as you listen to the whole album, a lot of it just does make a lot of sense, kind of pieced together.
1: I think that's a really good point, actually, because it doesn't, there aren't that many standout tracks that you would say I will listen to that on its own apart from the obvious big single of Suds and Soda that we saw on on MTV that time. There aren't that many other tracks that stand out, but everything does kind of slot together, I think, brilliantly, and
0: it feels like a real album. So are we at the point where we're going to pick our tracks for the playlist?
1: Um, Yeah, okay, we can do that. We can try and do that. Okay, I suppose, yeah, okay. Well, I suppose Suds and Soda has to go on there. I mean, it was the first track we heard of them, and it is brilliant, and I haven't tired of it. I love it. I love the way Steph Camel Collins is shouting Friday, Friday, all the way through it. I just think that's brilliant. And I know that's something that he said he'd done before on previous tracks and he really tried it in this and it worked, worked really well. Yeah, so that's my incoherent babbly argument for Suds and Soda.
0: <laughs> is that, I mean, do you agree with that? And then it's... So my argument for tracks to go on the playlist would be basically, for me, there are two standout tracks that you would listen to, one of which is Suds and Soda and the other one is Hotel Lounge.
1: Uh okay.
0: I would suggest those two.
1: Okay. We should say, by the way, be, the, the the Jeffrey List track, what do you call them? Playlists. They, our minimum number of songs on these we like to is at least, is at least 12. So because they've only done seven albums, is it seven? Seven albums. We have to pick two from each album. Yeah. So that's why we're saying two. So you're saying Sons and Hotel Hotel Lounge. Yeah, okay, so we agreed on Suds and Soda. Hotel Lounge, I really love Hotel Lounge. I think that's a great song. I really do like it, and um, I'm happy with that because it's quite a different-sounding track as well. It's much more gentle and melodic and uh, almost ballady, and it's kind of a love song as well, which is nice. Um, So I'm very happy with Hotel Lounge. I I had sort of penciled in Morticia Chair, which I really like, and I do love the song Worst Case Scenario as well, but I'm not going to argue over Hotel Lounge because that's a... It's a good one.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's a better track than those two. And also between them, they do kind of represent the album quite well.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're okay with that then. So we've got Sudden Soda and Hotel Lounge. And the order of those two doesn't make any difference, doesn't signify anything. Is that right? Or will we be saying which of those we like best as well?
0: I think that might be going a bit too far. Uh, all
1: right. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I, I, I was I, around this time, I, This is they were starting to get really quite famous. And they were they signed with Island Records. They were playing quite big crowds in London. They were on South Park. They featured on South Park and stuff, and they were getting pretty big. And I was watching a documentary about them, and they were saying Tom Barman, or Tommy, as they call him. He loved it. He thought this was brilliant. That's exactly what he wanted. But a lot of the other members of the band were getting quite frustrated. They didn't particularly like being rock stars. They wanted to just hang around Antwerp and and do their thing. And there was this kind of tension building up in the band, and in particular, for Rudy, Rudy Treve and um, Steph Camel Collins, who were kind of almost between them, trying to keep each other going, but both really wanting to leave. It wasn't really the life they wanted, which I found absolutely bonkers. How could you not want that life? But uh, unfortunately, Rudy Treve left the band almost straight away. It's a real pity.
0: Yeah, I think it, it lost a lot of momentum, didn't it, for days, I think, at that time. And um, when they probably should have gone on to greater things.
1: Yeah, it just, it just it just wasn't the lifestyle that a lot of them wanted. I mean, Rudy Trevey does the artwork on this album and he does the artwork on the next album as well. They didn't fall out as such, but he just didn't want to do it. They had a lot of side projects as well and they wanted to do his side projects and Deus at this point was uh, taking over their lives entirely because it was just snowballing and becoming really, really big. Um, so Rudy Treve left, which is unfortunate. And Tom was really upset about that because he saw it as kind of a family and he'd recently lost his father and... He's, Rudy Trevay was a bit older so I think he sort of saw him as a bit of a father figure so he was a bit upset about that but he replaced him with a guy called Craig Ward a Scottish fella who I think was going out with Steph Camel Callan's sister or something like that I think they knew each other that way I'm not sure
0: They've got the new guitarist Craig Ward Steph Callan's does hang on although he is intending to leave the band as well and he does hang on for the next album which is In A Bar Under The Sea and I think this does continue on from worst-case scenario in terms of style, in the fact that it, it, it does still have this, this, what the British media called, art rock.
1: Didn't somebody call it pretentious art wank or something? Possibly. I'm fairly sure that we read that review that someone called it pretentious art wank, and then they said, as a fan of both art and wanking, I absolutely love it, which I thought was a brilliant review.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to suggest it was the NME, but which it possibly still was. It could have, could have been. They could be quite quite rude and dismissive about people sometimes but uh, they could also be quite funny so it could still be them
1: i think they meant it in a i mean it was kind of a a backhanded compliment they they, they did conclude it was actually very good but admitted it kind of yeah. came across this sort of artiness as uh, slightly pretentious which i never thought it was pretentious arty yes okay but pretentious and i never got that myself
0: i would agree i mean it definitely is arty and again i think that does in places make it slightly less accessible to some people but I think this one is a lot more melodic and a lot a lot easier to to get into i think than the worst case scenario album
1: well i th- I think this is the you know you know like bands essentially a successful band is a kind of you get a sort of a magic between the members and it just works for whatever reason that is for the songwriting for the playing the st- there's just something about the members clicking together and you get this kind of magic emerges and I think this was Deus, this was Deus's kind of high point in that sense because. Steph Cameron Collins, I think, is brilliant. He's great, and he goes on to play in a band called Zeta Swoon, and you can see that they're really interesting as well. Tom's great. You've got um, Craig Ward coming in, and he's a really good songwriter, as we'll find out. You know, this album, and the next one. So I think maybe, no disrespect to Rudy Treve but I think possibly this is the the ideal lineup of of Deus. Unfortunately, it doesn't last very long at all. But
0: no, it lasts one album.
1: Yeah, one barely even that because Craig Ward's, I think, a much more of a straightforward songwriter and that balances with Steph Collins's and 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 Tom Barman's approach. So I think it kind of this is just where it really worked, it really clicked. As you say, it's a bit more accessible, a bit more a bit less arty perhaps. And this I mean I just didn't stop playing this album at the time. I absolutely loved it. I just played it so much and and still do when we were when we were listening again to all these albums in preparation for this. I just listened so I just loved this album. I mean partly because I emotionally associate it with that time.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten how good it was completely Went from re, re- listening to it, because I haven't listened to it for, for quite a while. And although I remembered a couple of songs that I really like as a whole album, again, I had forgotten just how good it is.
1: Yeah, I was looking at, uh, as well, the producer is a guy called Eric Drew Feldman, and he used to play with Captain Beefheart, who, as I said, before they were compared to it. So I wonder if that's part of it as well. Maybe that just, again, was another piece of the puzzle that really just clicked into place. There is one moment on the album I don't particularly like, Memory of a Festival. I don't really like that song. But apart from that, I just think it's it's just such a cracking album. And again, it works as an album. It just hangs together. Everything sounds like Deus, but everything's a bit different. It's it's imaginative. It's got some great stuff in there. There's bits of, again, bits of grunge, bits of jazz, bits of sampling. All that kind of stuff being brought together, but under that real deus feel.
0: yeah. I do it, it's very strong and they are introducing things that at the time quite new and they're doing a lot of things that people probably nowadays do do more musically. But then I don't I didn't know anyone who'd been doing the kind of thing, you know, the samples and everything with a sort of with a guitar band.
1: Yeah. And, and even like the fact that they would do what was quite a, a grungy indie album in some ways, it also had you know, softer stuff and ballads on there. Again, that wasn't you know even a song like Little Arithmetics, which was a single office album, is quite almost childlike at the beginning, which is again quite an unusual sound.
0: Yeah, it's very gentle, and then goes a little bit grungy at the end.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean that's a bit formulaic. They do that on a few of their songs with a sort of it, gentler start going to a quite a raucous ending, but and um, we'll forgive them that. What what uh, are we going to talk about the songs? Do you think are we ready? Because this is harder, I
0: found. Okay, shall I start us off? Because I for me it, it's quite easy. Easy again, although you'd be more successful in talking me out of my choice, I think, on this album than the first.
1: OK, well, what, go for your first one first, then.
0: Fell off the floor, man. Ah, you
1: see, that was on my list as well. I love that song. Yes. I think that's a really good example as well of just how, you know, crackers they were at times, because it's, it's a brilliant song, but
0: it, it is mad. It is bonkers. And also, I think, thinking about Deus generally, I think one of their strengths is that they're a, a really, really good live actor. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, and fell off the floor. Man, live is amazing. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So that's another right. reason why I'd like to put it on the playlist.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've watched loads of their live stuff on YouTube in in prep for this, and yeah, they are, they are incredible. And of course, it was soon after this album that we saw them live, which I was I was going to mention in a moment. It was unfortunately Steph Camel Collins had left by then, but this was this was the moment we saw
0: them. It was it was the ideal crush ball. No, it wasn't. It was. Duchess of York. It was the ideal crash tour.
1: Was it? I don't think so. I think it was. I think it was this fell off the, fl- fell off the floor man. I think it was this in, in a bow under the sea.
0: I don't remember going on this tour at all.
1: Deus, setlist.fm. Deus at Duchess of York, September the nineteenth,
0: nineteen ninety four. I found one for March the twenty
1: fourth, ninety nine. Oh, it was ninety nine. It was as late as that because um, I went to see them afterwards in London.
0: The so, Ideal Crash tour. Must have been, yeah.
1: You must be right, yeah, okay.
0: Deus was slightly off the radar for me at that point, and you said, and I think you were coming back to UK, and he said Deus were playing, so I went and bought the album, and I went and bought the Ideal Crash, because we were going to the gig.
1: Well, I was I was living in the UK, I was living, I was living down south at the time, I was living in London. You're right, because I went to see that, you're right, it is this tour, because I went to them afterwards in London with a friend, and I, I didn't know him in 1994, so it must have been 1999. So, Fell Off the Floor Man you're going for?
0: Definitely, yes. The other track I would go for is Disappointed in the Sun. Ah, okay. I just think it's, it's really strong. Again, medolic, m- melodic. Similar to the two tracks we picked off the first one, we've got a sort of slightly bonkers, louder number, and a, a sort of nicer, melodic one.
1: Okay, well, I didn't expect that. I had Theme from Turnpike as an option, and I had Roses, which I really like the song Roses. I didn't think about Disappointed in the Sun. Um, oh, I don't know now. I, I don't know. I think Roses is a str- is a stronger song. Roses was... it Live Roses, again, is, is a brilliant song. I know it kind of follows that same formula of like, quiet beginning, building up and building up, but I think it's it's more of an iconic deus song. Disappointed in the Sun is good, but I, I don't know, I think Roses has got more about it. It's just got more, more oomph, more... Is that a convincing argument? It's got more oomph?
0: Well, I'm not fully convinced by it. By the oomphiness. Yeah. Would you have any other songs that you would ever song? on?
1: on the, well, my choice was Fell the Floor Man and Roses. And as I said, I had things like okay. Theme from Turnpike as an option. I do like little arithmetics as well. I like Serpentine. I like Supermarket Song. I like all of them, in fact, apart from Memory of a Festival. I, I, again, I find this quite slightly hard. I like waking up before I sleep as well, actually. But I wouldn't necessarily pick yeah. them. I, I just thought Roses, to me, went quite nicely with Fellow the Floor Man, because Fellow the Floor Man doesn't follow that formula. OK. I
0: think, I think I'll give in and, and we'll put Roses on.
1: OK. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with you giving in.
0: <laughs> I thought you might be. And then we've got to rank the album. I'm assuming we both We both seem to be agreed that In A Bar Under the Sea is should be ranked above worst case scenario
1: yes i think so but i don't think it's an open and shut case i mean i do think worst case scenario has a huge amount to say for itself I, I i could if you'd argued hard the other way around i would have possibly accepted it I,
0: but yeah. yes i mean for me it's it isn't that close i, I think in, in a barrel under the sea is sort of clearly above worst case scenario for me well,
1: we're, we're in agreement. I mean, I certainly have more affection for it because it was that first album that I bought and just played to death in that time, and and so I have that personal connection with it. But yeah, I I, I think this, as I said, I think this is peak Deus. It really is, and and the cover as well is by Rudy Trevay. So although he'd left the band, he was still in, on reasonably good terms because he painted the cover.
0: So after In A Under The Sea, Danny Momins joined on bass after Steph Camel Collins left.
1: Yeah, this was this to me. This was a real sad thing. Because I think Steph was, the, was, the, was really part of the magic. So I think this is a real pity.
0: I think he was obviously determined to leave. It's probably good that he managed to stay that long from what, from what he said. Yeah. I think he just left going, left it probably just after the tour, I guess, For uh, in a bar under the sea.
1: I'm not even sure if he did the tour. I don't even know if he did that. I'm not sure. But it was definitely, he, he was pretty sharpish out the door. Um, he'd had enough. He said Deus was too loud for him. And he wasn't that keen on the touring and wanted to be hanging around at home. And I think his friendship with Tom was kind of disintegrating a bit, which was obviously quite sad because they'd been really
0: close. So this lineup then brought out the next album, which is The Ideal Crush.
1: Can we just can we just focus in on Danny Moments' nickname, please? Can we not just draw, draw attention to that? Can we can't just skate over the fact that he was known as Cool Rocket?
0: Yeah. I wonder where that comes from.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Apparently he played apparently with Craig Ward. He, they used to play together in something, one of um, Tom Barman's side projects. So I don't know why he became Cool Rocket. I don't particularly notice him being a rocket or especially cool. Although all the dates are pretty cool.
0: It does sound like a nickname that he could have perhaps made up for himself. Possibly.
1: <laughs> Maybe it does. It does have that kind of ring about it, doesn't
0: it? <laughs> but, uh, we, we may never know. But anyway, so this lineup. It's the lineup that came the, the next album in 1999 for the Ideal Crash, which is a lot more melod- melodic, I think, and a lot less of this so-called art rock. But I think, personally, I really like this album. I think it's very, very good. It's very strong. It's one I have consistently listened to since, since it came out. What about you, John?
1: Well, similar. I, I would agree with you. It's, it's a very different sound. Ah. Oh.
0: Hold on, so the phones ringing? Nobody rings on this Woody
1: phone. Every time we record a podcast, Hello? I do. I'd agree with you. I think it's a, a much more sort of straightforward album, more commercial sounding, more melodic, more accessible, less art rock, as you call it. And uh, I'd, someone asked Craig Ward at the time, does it sound different because Steph left? And he said, well, it sounds different because I arrived. And if that's true, if it's as simple as that, then this is clearly, I think, the album with the, the collection of the strongest songs on it. I don't necessarily think it hands together as an album as beautifully as In A Bar Under The Sea, but in terms of like individual songs, I think these are the best songs, the best cluster of songs that they produced. The songwriting is just fantastic.
0: Yeah, I do think it is consistent throughout. Only, do you think so? i to look at the I think, well, for the album, I don't really like the old Crash song. Oh, I like that. But the rest of it, I, I do like, yeah.
1: Well, I—I I, I mean, I think there's some, there's five or six songs which I think are absolutely outstanding, and it drifts a little bit towards the end. I find a little bit side two, kind of slightly not quite as strong. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it—it's it, really good. I don't have the quite the same relationship with it as I do within the Barons of the Sea. I don't love it in the same way. I respect it. I really like it. I think it's great. But I—I I don't quite have that sense of affection that I do for its predecessor
0: okay i mean i largely agree i mean i think there are six very strong songs on here and then there's a a couple that are okay and the the other two are quite good but
1: we're really gonna have our work cut out just picking two to be and that's where this album's a real challenge because there's just so many bloody good songs on it yeah can i can i go first with my sort of marker yes instant street okay am i allowed instant street
0: you are i think instant street is the one banker for me right I do think it's one of their best songs of their entire career, never mind this album. Oh, I agree. And also, the same point with Fell Off the Floor Man, it's also amazing live. The rock oh, isn't out it? Yeah. on Instant Street Live is it, it, amazing.
1: I completely agree. I mean, it's, it, it is, yeah. And you can see that all over YouTube, there's loads of examples of it. It's just absolutely brilliant. So I think that's a definite into the playlist. But now I struggle. Because I've got quite a few songs that I that would slip quite easily into second place on this album. I like Sister Dew, I like Put the Freaks Up Front, I like Everybody's Weird. I like the ideal crash as well, I like that song. Um and I don't dislike any song. Okay. So what's what's your proposal for the second then?
0: Well my sort of list of the other songs I really like are Put the Freaks Up Front, Sister Dew, One Advice Space and Dream Sequence. Oh, sorry, and Magdalena. Yeah. So out of those, the two that we both said are Put the Freaks Up Front and Sister Jew. So should we pick one of those two? Um. Yeah, that's fine by me. I think... Because we, we've covered, between us, we've covered the entire album pretty much.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's see who goes down first, I think, and The Magic Hour the only two us mentioned. Although, again, they're songs I like. They're just not quite as good as the others, in my view.
0: Yeah, Um I mean, everybody's. Oh, you said everybody's weird, didn't you? I wasn't
1: saying that yeah. was a, a less strong one for me. I, it is a bit less strong, I agree, but I do like it. It's just something about it I quite like. But I, I agree, it's not in a, the quite the same league as the others. And I think Sister Jew is a very, it's a very different sounding song for Deus. I think it's a much more unusual. I think put the freaks up front could have almost sat on in a Barons of the Sea or, or worst case scenario, it's a much more Deus-y type song. So in. I think I'm making an argument for sister Jew just cause it's a a bit different. It's not, not like their other stuff. I mean, I'm not, I'm not strong minded on this.
0: No, I feel the same. I do think it's, it's a stronger song. I think it is a little bit quirky still as well in a, in a lot less quirky album, but it, it is one of the quirkiest songs. So I would be happy picking sister Jew as well.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean this, oh, it, I feel bad not putting not saying put the freaks at front cuz I do really like that song and I think it's a great opener. I think it really sort of sets the album up. Now let's go for Sister Dew. I think it it just showcases a different side to them.
0: Yeah. I think mean, it's sad that we can't really put four or five on from this album.
1: Well, we don't make the rules.
0: Well, we do. But um
1: but if we ignore that, yeah. If we ignore the fact that we do make up the rules and and quite often break them, if we ignore those two facts. So where does the album go in the album list then?
0: Say at the top.
1: You see, this is—I thought this might happen.
0: How do you feel about that?
1: I don't feel good about that. I don't feel it's entirely. I think in a—I prefer in a bar under the sea. In short, but I can—I can totally see why you're making the case for the ideal crash. I do—I do get it, but I just—I prefer in a bar under the sea. I just think it's a, a more coherent whole album, even though the ideal crash is a stronger selection of songs, and I think in a bar under the sea is more ambitious i think it's it's more inventive it's more interesting in that sense it's it's trying to do more stuff whereas the ideal crash is is just trying to write lots of great songs which they achieve brilliantly
0: i think i agree with most of what you say and it just basically comes down to personal preference and the fact that we prefer the other album
1: yeah well i mean do you you have a counter-argument
0: no I would just say that, as a whole as an album, I think it's just a little bit stronger than in a bar under the sea. I like both albums i I get what you say about in a bar under the sea being more of an album, but i i i I think the ideal crash is does work as an album as well. the, the songs do work together, but it's not just a collection of songs, and I think the ideal crash is, is slightly stronger.
1: It's not just a collection of disconnected songs no in in the way some Artists' albums are—I I would agree with that—but I don't think it's conceived with the same. Well, I think just the first two albums were just almost. Um, what's the way of saying it? They were without sounding like pretentious art I don't know how to say it, but they were almost kind of—they they don't work unless they're albums. Whereas this one, each song works anyway. I'm not—I'm not making a very clear case, but
0: I think I understand what you're saying, but. If I get what you're saying right, you're kind of arguing that I do a crush is better. Well, I realised it sounded a bit like that as I was saying it. If you say it works as an album and separately, surely that makes it, it stronger, better.
1: We could start a tradition of, of breaking a rule every single time that we do one of these. So we could intermingle them. So we start with Fell Off The Floor Man and then have Instant Street, then have Roses, then have Sister Dew. So we sort of intermingle the top two albums. That's what to say, we couldn't pick between them.
0: I have it as a draw.
1: Have it as a draw, yeah. It's kind of, it's comparing apples and oranges. They're such, they're such different beasts, but they're, they're both so brilliant, but they're, they're just so different. It's, it, it's easier to compare in A bar Under the Sea with Worst Case Scenario because they're essentially the same kind of idea, and it's just done a bit better, a bit smarter in the second one. With well, these ones, the ideal crash is just such a different thing. It's just so hard to compare. So we're going for a draw, a technical draw.
0: Yeah, I think we have to, because ultimately it's still down to a little bit of an opinion, isn't it? Because we're not actually that, we're not disagreeing much here.
1: No, we're not. And I kind of almost don't want to win the argument because I've realised just how great the ideal crash is. But I equally don't want to lose it because I love in a bar under the sea. So I'm much happy with a draw. So we, we, we're we establishing a tradition of breaking rule every single episode, although it is only episode two.
0: Yeah, but, you know, rules are just there for a guide, aren't they? So. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's the guidelines more than rules. Uh, certainly that's the way it's just evolving.
0: Yeah, thing is we're not following the rules.
1: <laughs> well, we're challenging them. We're challenging them, that just, which is a sign of a good, healthy democracy. So I, I just want to mention a nice little fact, a nice little trivia fact, that in the video for Instant Street, Rudy Trevey pops up in the video as a policeman which I think is nice that he left the band, but he still pops up in the, in the video.
0: Yeah, that is good. I didn't know that. Yeah. I like that little fact.
1: Yeah, I like facts like that.
0: The next thing they did was they released No More Loud Music, which was the best of, which they recorded one more song for, which the name of it has just gone out of my head.
1: Wasn't it Nothing Really Ends?
0: Yeah, that's it. Thank you.
1: Which pops up on the next album anyway.
0: It does. So that was the the lineup for uh, An Ideal Crash recorded that. And then they went on a hiatus, didn't they? had a break. Yeah.
1: yeah. I've got the feeling that Craig Ward and Tom Barman are both very strong-minded about how they wanted Deus to sound, which I think is partly why Ideal Crash sounded quite different. And I wonder if the dynamic of the band has changed so much with Steph and Rudy leaving, and I wonder if Craig Ward coming in as a real kind of strong character counterbalance to Tom... I wonder if that just made... And, and the, obviously the massive success of The Ideal Crash, I wonder if that just made them just a bit exhausted at this point and they just thought, oh, God, we need a break, get away from each other as much as anything else. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm speculating.
0: I don't know. I don't think anyone's commented on, on the reasons for that. But they all seem to stay within the band. And when they come back to record the fourth album, they do seem to sort of still be in, members of the band. I think possibly Jules um, DeBorger, the drummer, left.
1: The the, the rumour about that is he was fired for being unreliable. I don't know if it's true, but if, for not turning up, and he was replaced by Stefan Miziger. I apologise for the pronunciation, but Stefan Miziger, who, I, I just want to say this, the Jeffrey Podcast Twitter feed, when we do these, follows each band and the members of the band as we go through. So we're building up who we're following. And Stefan Miziger's Twitter feed is private, so I, I clicked on it without even noticing. And he didn't let us follow in. So, you know, just thought I'd share that. He's a miserable so-and-so, Stefan Mizzigurs. Doesn't let us follow him on Twitter.
0: Fair enough. We should maybe consider that when assessing the albums he's playing on.
1: Yeah, I think we should. I think we should. So, but apart from, apart from Jules de Borger either not making it back or being fired, the rest of the band is basically is the same. And then Stefan uh, Mizigers joins on drums.
0: But it doesn't seem that they actually make it to the album being released. Because I think Craig Ward and Danny Momens both leave during the recording Cool Rockets flies off Yeah, well what what I heard
1: about this was that Craig Ward was going to produce this album which partly made me think that maybe on Ideal Crash maybe Tom Barman had won more of the arguments and the agreement was why don't you produce the next album again I'm speculating but Craig Ward comes in saying he's going to produce Pocket Revolution the next album and then leaves halfway through to in inverted commas spend more time with his family now I'm sorry but that just reeks of bullshit to me (laughs) that just sounds like they just couldn't get on and couldn't agree and maybe Tom Barman just wouldn't let him get on with it, I don't know. But it doesn't make sense that he's written half the songs and he sort of like just leaves the band halfway through of a band of an album that he's producing.
0: Yeah, but they were working together in, in another project, I think. But I, I get what you're saying from the fact that leaving Deus to spend more time with his family is obviously the standard excuse.
1: Well, halfway through an album that you've said that you're going to produce and you've written half the songs for, I mean, to me that's just it doesn't make a lot of sense.
0: No, absolutely not at all. So obviously that isn't the reason.
1: Well, Danny Momin's left soon after. After Craig Ward left, Danny Momin's left fairly soon after, apparently to concentrate on his other band, Vive La Fete. Um, again, I, mean, I don't know enough about Danny Mommens to know how much I believe him. <laughs> like like it's up to me to decide if it's true or not. But um, it was a bit odd them both leaving as they were both. I mean, Craig Ward especially was a, sh- a key songwriter, but Danny Mommens as well. I mean, he's written quite a few things as well or co-written quite a lot so he was quite a you know he wasn't just a guy who played bass and went home he was quite involved but they, they both sort of the middle of this album they both kind of just disappeared and, uh, and as, as we said but they did get um mary poblowski on guitar who is one of the most stylish fellows i've ever seen he looks amazing i just think he's he's such a he's a brilliant guitarist and a, a, a great figure and he just looks brilliant I have a bit of a man crush on him i think
0: I think now he should be called Cool Rocket.
1: He should definitely be called Cool Rocket. He is a mate. I'm just going to dedicate the rest of my life to trying to look like him. Um, and then there was a guy called Alan, Alan Gavert who joined on bass. This is sort of halfway through recording Pocket Revolution. I have another fun fact. Can I share another fun fact?
0: I would love a fun fact, please.
1: Steph Camel Carlin's pops up on this album. He's singing some backing vocals on it. So again, I think that's really nice.
0: Is it? Um, yeah, it's nice that the. Seem to through all this have stayed friends. It is quite touching, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I, I find that really nice because um, uh, Steph Comer Collins was probably my favourite member of the band, as I said, and I do like quite like Zeta Swoon, not as much as I like Deus by any means, and I really regret him leaving. So I'm glad that he came back; it makes my heart feel warm. So, what do you think of Pocket Revolution? Then
0: I think like like the first two albums kind of go together. You say it's a similar similar idea. I think the same is true of. The next two albums, Ideal Crash and Pocket Revolution, I think it, it is, again, it's the same idea. I think it, it's hard for me to pick between the two. I really love this album as well. I think some days I think this is better than Ideal Crash, and other days I prefer the Ideal Crash. But I, I really do like this album. I think it, it's very strong throughout. I don't there's any, any songs I don't like on this one at all. How do you
1: feel about it? I'm probably not quite as strong, but I mean, I don't particularly disagree. I think it's a really good album. I mean, there's some brilliant songs in it. And I think it's got, it starts fantastically well, with bad timing. I think that's a brilliant opener, similar to um, on, on, on The Ideal Crash. We've put The Freaks up front. It's got a similar vibe to it. Great songs in it, seven days, seven weeks. I really like Night Shopping, um, cool son of, uh, Cold Son of Circumstance. And I really like Nothing Really Ends, although it, it kind of almost feels like doesn't belong on the album. Because it comes from, it was recorded earlier before the hiatus, so it feels like it's a little bit tagged on. But I do really like it as a song. I I don't think, on balance, it's as strong as the ideal crash. But I mean, it's certainly up there. I mean, it's a it's a really good album, and that coming back and doing and producing this album, I think, was really impressive after a hiatus and obviously under whatever tense or odd circumstances there were that forced half the band to leave. I think it's a hell of an achievement. It's really good.
0: Yeah, I think for me it does vary in style a little bit more than the ideal crash does and i think it does that and still maintains the quality for me so i think i would put it slightly above the ideal crash which means we're going to argue again
1: oh god no oh
0: but we we need to pick tracks before we argue over the ranking
1: okay all right yes you're right we do um well i i think I, i think this depends on one point here is does nothing really ends Can we include that, the version from No More Loud Music, as a sort of another rule-breaking thing? Or do we have to include it in Pocket Revolution? Can we get a judgment on that, please?
0: We have to include it from Pocket Revolution.
1: You've just made my life ten times harder. Okay, well, you've declared that we have to take it from the album it's from, even though it was recorded years before and put on a different collection of singles which is my loaded way of saying I don't agree with you in a passive-aggressive way, which means that now I have to argue for putting it on from Pocket, Pocket Revolution, which is, makes my life ten times harder because I also really like Bad Timing and Seven Days, Seven Weeks and Half a Dozen Other Songs on there. What, what, oh wait, just, what do you think?
0: Well, I would always put on Nothing Really Ends because it is one of my favourite day of songs, Full Stop. Okay. So then you're then talking about which other track you would put on it. I really like Pocket Revolution itself. I like what we talk about when we talk about love. I love like to and um, include me out. If you don't get what you want, the seven days, seven weeks, and bad timing as well. See, they're, they're all.
1: We've agreed on nothing really ends, so that's going in. I think. I think. Oh, hang on. I think I might argue here for seven days, seven weeks, maybe. What are your thoughts? Come on, say something. Still thinking. I, well, I'm scratching around, having no real idea what to say or what to think anymore. Because there's just there's too many good songs here. I'm just finding this too hard.
0: You see, my so, my soft spots are with Pocket Revolution and what we talk about when we talk about love. How do you feel about either of those two songs?
1: I think of those two, I probably prefer Pocket Revolution, I think. Yeah, OK, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that I definitely, absolutely, certainly, probably prefer Pocket Revolution of those two songs. Although,
0: Out of those two.
1: Out of those two, although I prefer other songs on the
0: album, but... I mean, we could agree on Seven Days, Seven Weeks. What about that?
1: I'm very happy to agree on Seven Days, Seven Weeks. I, I really like that song. I also really like Bad Timing, but um, we can't just sit here for hours saying the same things of just different song titles no. in, as we've gone about how much we like them. I'm very happy to go with Seven Days, Seven Weeks, and will I will I'll, I'll accept Pocket Revolution as well.
0: Right this is very similar to the ideal crash isn't it that we just sit here saying the entire track list and we agree that it's pretty much all good shall we stick with your choice seven days seven weeks because i want to earn some points when we come to the ranking
1: i know well that's my concern as well <laughs> i'm not sure i want to. <laughs> it's exactly what i'm thinking the ranking for me it has to go below in a bar under the sea and the ideal crash and i accept it goes under worst above worst case scenario although i mean the Four absolutely cracking albums. I, I don't know if I could I don't know if I could bring myself to compromise on that, especially as we've done the first two albums as a draw. Are you saying this is a draw as well? A three way tie?
0: If it's just me picking this, I have pocket revolution slightly above the ideal crash, which is slightly above in a bar under the under the sea. So we could do a three way tie. Are we not just copying out though? Yeah. That, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm wondering whether I'm just have to compromise. Probably, because I don't mind having it underneath ideal crash. To me, it's not under, in a bar under the sea, but one of us has got to give here.
1: Well, how about, right, because I'm now going off my idea of having a draw because I'm thinking we're copping out. So how about if ideal crash goes top, which is your choice, and then ideal crash goes, and then in a bar under the sea goes second, which is my choice, and then pocket revolution goes third? How do, how do you feel about that? So you get the ideal crash, you get the top album here. Gosh, gosh. You've done well there, I think.
0: That's very generous of you. Completely against <laughs> your thinking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: how how does that how do you feel about that? So we've now put Ideal Crash top, in Under the sea second, Pocket Revolution third. I know it's not exactly what you want, but as a compromised position.
0: The point is the list is not exactly what I want. It's meant to be actually a combination of our Yeah, of course. Our, uh, of our views. So I think we might have to leave it at that.
1: Well, yeah, because if you think about it, I'd put in a bar under the sea above the ideal crash and then pocket revolution third, you'd put pocket revolution above the ideal crash first and then the bar third. So yeah. it is actually the, 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 sort of the compromise position, the average.
0: Cause I think the ideal crash by being second with both of us is actually the top as a combination. So that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: it does. Okay. We just then disagree on came first. So let's, Stick with this.
1: So are you all right with Seven Days, Seven Weeks then as the second song? Because I think because now we've got the order right, do you want to insist on a different song in place? No,
0: I think I'm happy with, with that song. I'm not going to get um, uppity about that. We'll just just stick with this, I think. I mean, there, there are four or five songs I like equally as much, so I could change it round, but I also like this song as well. So yeah. again, it, it should be a combination of both our tastes.
1: Alright, so yeah. It's one of those things where you can just shuffle around them all day and you'll you'll get to something that's equally annoying because you've you've you leave out one thing, you leave out another.
0: Shall we move on? So yes, let's move on. I don't think there's any lineup changes now, are there?
1: No no. Surprisingly, I don't think there's any more line up changes at all. Well at least while they're making albums.
0: So the next album, I think they built their own studio, didn't they, in um in Antwerp at this point and called it Vantage point And yeah, then went on right. to make Made this album in it, yeah. So I think there's a, there's a bit of a gap here as well. I think in between the albums, well, about three, three years. years. Three years, yeah. So this is with both, probably the first true album with the with the new lineup. Certainly where they're all sort of writing and recording as a as a team without anyone else.
1: So what do we think of Vantage Point then as a, an album?
0: I would say it's okay. It's grown on me a little bit. Things like I think they their hit single off this, The Architect me really a while but i do actually like it now but it did take me a while to get into that song and the other single i think internal woman which is quite easy to get into it's quite sort of commercial and a nice song and as an album i don't think it's it's as good it, it is all right there are some nice songs on it i like slow and smokers reflect as well especially but i think there are more weaker songs on here that i don't like what did you think
1: i think i'd agree i, I just thought this was I mean, a Deus album is never boring. There's always sort of something about it that you think, blimey, that's interesting or good, or, you know, it catches your attention. And this is the the first album where that is much less true. It just, to me, felt a bit, meh, it's all right. As you say, I mean, it's, it's perfectly pleasant. There's some nice stuff on there, but it just doesn't capture the attention in the same way. It doesn't feel like it's doing anything new or different. It all feels a bit sort of all right. Some quite nice music. A couple of good songs on there. Definitely, I agree with you about Slow. That was definitely one I picked out. And I wondered, because I I thought maybe it's the production. They've just sort of made it a bit flat and a bit, just a bit sort of more middle of the road. And they play this live in the Vantage Point studios. And you can they play the the whole album live, a little bit like Radiohead did with the From the Basement stuff. And you can see that on YouTube. And I thought, well, let's just listen to this to see if it's got a bit of a foxier edge. And it has a bit, but similarly, it feels a little bit like, yeah, it's just all right, really. Even there, even hearing it played live. It it still doesn't have anywhere near the same whatever it is that they had before, that special thing. It it just feels a little bit absent to me. So I don't think there's any secret where we're going to put this on the list.
0: We need to pick our tracks first. How do you feel about the tracks to pick?
1: Well, Slow, I think, is to me the one that I really do like. And I think that's a good, uh, probably the strongest song on it. I also quite like Favourite Game. I don't mind popular culture, but I think it's a bit sort of anthemic and a bit, I wouldn't include it, but I do quite like it. Um, I th- I do agree with you about Smokers Reflect. That's quite a good song as well. So Slow, slow I think, is the one where, let, let's start with Slow, because I think we both said
0: that one. Okay, put that one on definitely. I mean, for me, the four songs I like of this album more than any others are Eternal Woman, Slow, The Architect, and Smokers Reflect. I'd prefer to be out of those four. And you mentioned Smoker's okay. Reflect again. Well, sorry. So what about maybe putting Smoker's Reflect on?
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the architect is uh, similar to what you said. I kind of, to me, it sounded a bit like Imagine Dragons. It's that sort of, you know, sort of pop rock, sort of okay, fine, you know, not offensive in any means, but just, I just had nothing that I particularly got excited about. So I'd re- prefer it not to be the architect. So I don't, don't hate it, but... So, I'm happy with smokers, smokers Reflect. Okay,
0: I'll put that on the list. Yeah, I think the, the architect did take a while with me too. But I, I quite like the lyrics. In fact, the. Um,
1: yeah, that's true.
0: The chorus, I like the line about, you know, in a year I'll return and have a solution. I just really like that line.
1: It's also, um, it, it's actually a good song live as well.
0: Yeah, so on the actual list, they automatically go in at the bottom, of course. Um, and so I there. think it's just staying there, isn't
1: it? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, it, It's nowhere near a patch on the other four albums. The other four albums, any one of them could be top. Any one of them could be in any of the top four positions, I think. Um, there's no way. It's just nowhere near.
0: Okay, so let's move on to the next album.
1: This is what I was saying before about, I think, that the, that the importance of Craig Ward in terms of their songwriting. I think he was obviously a lot more important than, than perhaps was obvious at the time. Him and Tom really sort of got together. And now they've lost him. I think they lost, they did lose something at that point because that vantage point just is nowhere near as good. But maybe, you know, it's they've now been going for quite a while with sort of up to 2011, I think is the next album. So it's quite a long time. It's quite hard to stay relevant throughout that period of time and bands change a lot. So maybe I was kind of when I was sort of first listening to these albums, I was thinking, well, maybe they can actually come back and we'll get a real brilliant surprise at the end. So we've got two more albums to go. And these two were recorded very, very close to each other in terms of time. They're only sort of a few months apart. So I think they were kind of written and recorded around the same time, but just released separately. So I was kind of quite excited when I was listening to this, the fact whether or not that we'd get that payoff, whether we'd get some real cracker again. So what did you think? Do you think we got there with Keep You Close, which was the first of these two?
0: Yeah, I think we're carrying on with the groups of two albums for me. And I think Keep You Close is more similar to vantage point but I do think it's better it's 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 stronger throughout but I would say again it hasn't wowed me there are sort of again nice songs on it I like keep you close twice we survive and constant now I think they're my top three off the album the rest of it less so I mean hosts and this the final blast quite like as well it's a little bit similar sort of in the same idea kind of thing of Vantage and the fact that good songs on it not blowing me away. I thought
1: it was... I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you at all, really. I mean, we're back to Dave Bottrell production, who produced in um, The Ideal Crash, so I think that might be part of the reason why it immediately sounds more interesting. It's got a sort of a tenser feel straight away. I think it's quite a lot stronger than Vantage Point, but I do agree with you. It, it isn't particularly different from Vantage Point. It's just Vantage Point, I think, just done better. I think it's stronger, tenser, so it's got more more to it, and as you say, it's got better songs. And I picked out pretty much the same songs as well. I really like Twice We Survive, Constant Now, Final Blast, and um, probably my top three. I'll agree if you Keep You Close is good as well. I'm fairly comfortable where, where I think it goes in the ranking of albums.
0: Yeah, I think this one's going to be quite easy and quick from what you've said. Cause we, we seem to generally agree. So the two songs we've both mentioned as in our top three are Twice We Survive and Constant Now. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with both of those. I'll put them on the playlist now. And in terms of ranking for the album, I'm assuming we're going above vantage point, but below worst case scenario.
1: Yeah, definitely. I don't think there's, I don't think there's any controversy there. I think that's pretty
0: straightforward. Yeah, completely. That's the most straightforward one we've done so far. So I have to keep you close. I think once they'd finished touring that, they went straight into the studio to record the follow-up, which was, um, which is following C. This one, to me, reminds me more of the first two albums in that although the songs are sort of more separate, like they have done later on, in a more traditional way. But I think the standard, the songs are very up and down, and there's a real mix of standard and styles. I think of the songs. I think there are. Certainly, two songs, which are as good as anything they've they've produced, they've they've written.
1: Oh, I'm excited to know which two now. I, I'm really intrigued to know which two.
0: Well, to, to me, there are two. Do you want me to tell you now, or
1: no, no, go on. What were you going to say? I think so i just going to gonna say.
0: I mean, I think also, I think it's got. They've definitely got higher highs than say the this lineup has of the three albums. This lineup have done. This album has higher highs but i think it also actually has lower lows and the fact that there are a couple of songs i really don't like as well which um doesn't happen often with deus
1: no that's true there's very few songs that i really don't like that they've done and i'm struggling to think of any uh, what 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 the two you don't like on this album
0: so the i think the two tracks i don't really like are girls keep drinking and crazy about you
1: oh phew i thought you were going to say the two that i I, I agree. I don't like girls keep drinking at all. Crazy about you. I'm less bothered, but girls keep drinking. I yeah. I I agree. So that's good. Okay. I was I was worried because for me the one song on this album is is would be in my top two or three best songs of all time. Or and I was starting to get quite scared that you were going to say that one, but now I can relax.
0: Yes, you, you'll be safe then because um, the two songs I think are the best on the album. or the, the two right, best are um Catraman,
1: and Hidden Wounds. Okay, a Man for me is one of, the, one of their best songs. I absolutely love that song. I think it's brilliant. And the fact that it's in French as well just gives it a kind of a, a nice sort of foxy edge as well. But I just think it's great. I love that song. So yeah, that's got to be on the playlist. That's that's up there one of my top few days songs. Hidden Wounds, yeah, I really like Hidden Wounds. Sirens was probably my second favourite, but I like Hidden Wounds as well. And, and in general, I agree with you on the album, by the way. I think this is... Of this lineup, I think it is their strongest album. I don't think it's up there with the first four albums, but I do think it's the strongest of those three, which I, tells you exactly where I think it should go
0: on the playlist as well. Yeah, you've given that away. I did, and I would also they? say we're, we're, we're in reasonable agreement here as well, because Sirens is my third favourite song. would also like to... Oh, well, actually, going back to Catra Man, I was completely obsessed with this song for months, especially with the video as well, and the video is great. Yeah. Oh,
1: it's brilliant, yeah. I totally agree. I was
0: watch- just watching this on YouTube constantly.
1: I think constantly watching that on YouTube is healthy. It's such a good song that dedicating your life to that for a few months is a healthy thing to do. It's not weird at all.
0: That's reassuring, because I-, I did it anyway. There is a really nice version of Hidden Wounds as well on YouTube. If you just search for Hidden Wounds, it's 7 minutes and 16 seconds long, which is the easiest way to come up. But somebody has put together the song, and they've taken off the talky bit on Hidden Wounds, and put interviews with people who have ptsd on it it's a bit longer and it it's got all this on and it is because it's such a beautiful song as well and they've got this testimony of people who are suffering like this it is quite moving and i would recommend anyone to go and look at that if they've, if they've not heard it
1: well you've okay let's we'll definitely put that song on then you've you've made a, a convincing argument there and we can tweet out uh, a link with that video yeah. on as well and you can bug it on the facebook page
0: Okay, the only thing against hidden Wounds is I'm not a big strong fan of talky bits, and it does have the talky bits on it.
1: the spoken word I believe is the uh, the technical term
0: yeah it's apparently it's a newspaper article from The Guardian um about PTSD. and it's just just you know read read out over part of the song, but it is an amazing song. I don't think it it's it is one of the best
1: well, let's put it on. Um, I don't particularly mind the spoken word. I mean, I'm not a massive fan of spoken word, I agree, unless it's done really well. But I think the, I think they get away with it. I think it's fine. And I quite like, again, the fact that they're still mixing it up at this point as well and trying different things. I mean, they've used spoken word previously. It's not new to them. But But I think it works. I think it's fine. So we've done it. We've done the list.
0: Yeah, we've done it. I think we agree on where it ranks as well, which is above keep you close and below worst case scenario.
1: Yeah, that definitely feels like... The bottom four albums are, I feel awful saying bottom four, because they're all, they're all actually good, good albums. Um, but the bottom four, we're definitely in agreement on. It's just that top three where we slightly differ. Um, and that's just because they're all so bloody good. It's, it, that's why.
0: So we've agreed on the ranking. So we'll go through it. So in seventh place is Vantage Point.
1: Yep. And then sixth is Keep You
0: Close. And then fifth is Following C.
1: Yeah, and then we go down to their, in fourth place, their debut album, The Brilliant Worst Case Scenario.
0: And then third is their, also brilliant, Pocket Revolution.
1: Okay, second is their, even more brilliant, In A Bound to the Sea.
0: <laughs> and the top album is their, also very brilliant, If Something Can Be Very Brilliant, The Ideal Crash. So we've got our final list. How do you feel about that, John?
1: I'm quite happy with it, actually. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a, a few days since we did the original recording, so I've had time to reflect, and I think there's a... I feel slightly bad about what I said about The Architect, because I actually listened a few times, and I think that is, a, is actually quite a good song. And I kind of... I'm feeling a little bit more positive towards Pocket Revolution, so I sort of went back and listened again after what you said, and I thought, oh, yeah, I can see why you were, you know, thinking maybe it was up there. So... More or less, I'm happy, but with those two caveats. How about you?
0: I, I think generally, I am happy. Yeah, I've, I've listened to a bit more, and I've, I'm warming more towards your well, not maybe warming, but sympathising more with your your point of view. So,
1: about what about in a bar under the sea specifically? Or?
0: It, it seemed a little bit raw to me that Pocket Revolution ended up third, but I've kind of I've come to terms with that. I'm definitely happy with Ideal Crash being top. I think that's okay and I think the difference between pocket revolution and ideal crash to me is is so minimal it doesn't really matter
1: well I think it's fair to say that those top three essentially got a tie but we just felt that was a bit crap so we broke it up into an order but really between those top three it's really difficult to pick it does depend a lot on the day
0: yeah I think so but I think having a three-way tire is is well, is is not good. It would be it's rubbish. Out there. Yeah. So I'm glad we haven't yeah, totally. done that. Even though it might be a little bit fairer.
1: Well, I, I, and also I think following C, I think is a, re- again a really good album. So I think probably those top five, I'd say, are really great albums. The bottom two slightly less so, I think a little bit more middle of the road, but they're all right. But nothing special. But those top five, I think, are really. Having listened a bit more since we recorded, I kind of really feel that it's a pretty good body of work there.
0: Yeah, well, I think possibly all all seven. I've, I've listened to obviously them, them all quite a bit in in order to do this podcast and I, I like them all more than I did when I started. So they have all grown on them, even Vantage Point, which is the worst one for me, and I'm sort of less likely to actually go and actually play that one I wouldn't have thought, but, but still I did like it more by the time I'd finished this process.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. They're all seven pretty good, but those five in particular I think and within those five, those top three, but anyway, we're sort of repeating ourselves here, yeah this since since we last did this, of course, as you as you know, I appealed the decision that nothing really ends had to come from pocket Revolution, and my argument was that it was recorded several years before before the hiatus, and it appeared on No More Loud Music, which was their sort of best off collection, but then it ended up on that album as well on on Pocket Revolution as well. So I revealed, uh, I re- what did I do? Appealed. I appealed this to the uh, Supreme Court of Jeffrey, which is me and you, and it got overturned, which I thought was uh, good news. So we've got another decision to make here.
0: Well, I think we've actually got two decisions to make here because we chose seven days, seven weeks, which was your choice.
1: I don't like where this is headed.
0: In order that, basically, to get points so that I could push pocket revolution up the ranking which never happened so we've put nothing really ends which is at the bottom because we can't can't, we we can't rank we can't rank the singles collection so that's at the bottom of the list yeah so i suggest we take off seven days seven weeks as well and put on two new tracks which i'm going to suggest should be bad timing and pocket revolution
1: i what i I'm, I'm a bit i'm floored here i didn't expect this t- turn of events i have to say i'm very happy with bad timing i think that's great and have you seen it live i mean like on youtube
0: yes yeah
1: i love the way that starts and it's with um the guitarist Maro polowski with that holding that vibrating thing against the strings so it's just making this kind of noise and then he slowly makes the chord sounds and does the chord change i just love the way that starts I mean, it's such a powerful live thing. So I'm very happy with that, but I don't see why we're suddenly knocking off seven days, seven weeks. I don't know where this came from. Have you been sort of like nursing some bad feelings because I got my track on and Pocket Revolution came third? Um,
0: Yes, I think is is the best way of putting that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just felt it was um, a better song. And I was thinking perhaps you'd had your way a little bit too much on this list. So I thought I'll um, have a mini mutiny. And try and push your song back off, and put Pocket Revolution on.
1: But you got the top album. You got Ideal Crash. Are we are we just sort of cherry picking the facts here?
0: Well, I think you are in saying that Ideal Crash was um, a joint decision.
1: Well, I was going more for Inner Bar Under the Sea, wasn't I? That's my recollection. I you Yeah, but uh, I was going for Pocket Revolution.
0: That Ideal Crash got number one by being both of our number twos. So that,
1: but it was oh, I, you, Look, we've recorded this, so we can go back over it. So, because I think you've got a very selective memory here. Your position was it was depending on the day. Some days, ideal crash was number one. Some days, pocket revolution was number one. Yes. And therefore, in the bar under the sea, was always number three for you. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So half the time, ideal crash was your number one. Whereas me, it was kind of half the time ideal crash, half the time in the bar under the sea. I guess. What am I arguing here? I realise I'm just...
0: (laughs) So you've just argued that it's the same.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have, haven't I? I? I don't know what you've got against seven days, seven weeks. I don't know why you're behaving like this, but if that's the way it has to be...
0: Well, I have nothing against it. I just prefer Pocket Revolution. And basically, this is my way of getting my sulk out of my system.
1: All right, then. Okay, so we're going with Bad Timing, which is a great song. Very, very happy with that. Yeah. And we're going with Pocket Revolution. See what I have to put up with, everybody. If there's only the second episode.
0: So I've done my editing. So we now have the final list. Okay. So there it is. I think that's it. The, on- the only thing, Ari, going back over everything, I probably didn't mention and miss was off in a bar under the sea was Gimme the Heat. We never even mentioned it. And that's a great song.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. There's quite a lot of songs, actually, when I went back. I thought, why didn't I mention that? Or, you know, felt bad about... Not making enough fuss out of certain songs i also we yeah. also we also forgot to mention the fact that um, mara palowski left and was replaced by bruno de groot or grote bruno de Groot. i'm not sure how to pronounce his name i'm sorry about that we didn't mention that last lineup change it only happened i think last year so they've never made an album with that new lineup but they have recorded live
0: yeah the last the um the ideal crash tour was last year wasn't it and that was with bruno whatever his surname is
1: yeah and I kind of feel they look a little bit less like Deus every time there's a that kind of lineup change. So, no, no offense to Bruno, but it just looks a bit less like Deus every time. Do you know what I mean?
0: I I, I don't know. I think in a way, because obviously the lineup until now has been quite stable for the last, well, completely stable for the last three albums. So they they do. I don't know. They do kind of feel like Deus to me, and um, you know. I haven't really seen um, Deus with, with the new guitarist, so I will reserve judgment on that one.
1: Anyway, it is what it is. They're still Ace. they are still doing some brilliant music, and I hope they haven't given up, even though Tom Barman seems to be working more with CJ Bolland on Magnus. So, But I hope Deus come back at some point soon, and we can get some more cracking albums from them.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure. Seeing as it was eight months in between the last two albums, and now it's it's currently eight years since the last one. I'm not overly hopeful, but you never know.
1: But if they're still touring and they're still doing stuff live, it suggests there is still this entity called Deus that exists and therefore you never know might happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well they're still active, they do play every year, don't they? So it, yeah. it's possible.
1: And also now they're very much a part time band, there's a lot more opportunity for people like, you know, Rudy Trevay to come back, and um, possibly Craig Ward, I don't know, maybe even cool Rockets. There's, there's an opportunity for those people to come back. I don't imagine Steph Camel Carlin's will because he's very busy with Zeta Swoon Group. Um, but you never know. It feels like now it's much more of a part-time gig. There's a chance that some of those old names might come back.
0: I think there's also the possibility, I think, with, with everyone being in lockdown, that all these musicians are sat at home writing loads and loads of songs. So in the next couple of years, we could get quite a lot of albums.
1: That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, definitely a silver lining.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Well, let's end it there. Okay. I think we've managed to drag out a conversation, this conversation, well over an hour for a band that only had seven albums that hardly anybody's ever heard of. So now it's over an hour. So we'll end it there and we'll get cracking on with the next one.